Hello, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 19. And let me just remind us, right at the beginning of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his followers that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And so far, the story of Acts has primarily been focused on Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. It's been focused on Peter and other first followers of Jesus, the apostles of Jesus. And so the good news of Jesus has now in this story started to finally spread to non-Jews, to Gentiles. It's starting to make its way out to the ends of the earth. But today's story is the last story in the book of Acts centered on these first followers of Jesus, on the apostles in Jerusalem. They're going to come up again, but the main character in the story is soon going to become Saul, also called Paul. And we're going to hear about his missionary adventures and activities in the Roman world. And so this story is our last story primarily focused on Peter and the Jerusalem church. And it's a bit of a sad and at the same time intriguing story. So let's read it together. Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. And when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. And when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. And when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to be quiet, and he told them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. At dawn, 
there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him, and when he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. And so here we've got this new enemy to the followers of Jesus. It's King Agrippa. King Agrippa was the grandson of Herod the Great, the king who tried to have Jesus killed as an infant because he was a threat to Herod the Great's kingdom. So now King Herod Agrippa, the grandson of Herod the Great, has begun to rule on behalf of Rome over Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. Agrippa had tried to work for the devout Jewish leaders and keep Roman worship out of Jerusalem. He participated in Jewish worship and sacrifices. He was popular with the very conservative Jewish masses. And now Agrippa is seeking to put a stop to this Jesus movement, perhaps because he sees it as a threat to the Jewish worship and faith. And so he has James, the son of Zebedee, one of Jesus' very first followers, one of the first 12 apostles, put to death by a sword. And so he sees how well this is received, and so then he decides to go after the biggest fish in the leadership pond for the followers of Jesus. He's going to go after Peter. This is going to be good propaganda with the people. And so Agrippa goes after and arrests Peter over the religious festival of Passover, the festival that reminds and remembers uh, the freedom that God brings to the people of Israel from their captivity in Egypt. And so Peter is arrested and chained between guards with additional guards on hand. In other words, it's humanly impossible for Peter to escape. It looked hopeless for Peter. But the followers of Jesus in Jerusalem were gathered to pray for Peter. Perhaps the captive will be released. Perhaps he'll have his Passover. Because what was humanly impossible was not impossible for God. And so God sends an angel to free Peter, who immediately goes to a house where fellow followers of Jesus are praying, no doubt for him. And the servant girl recognizes Peter's voice, but forgets to open the door for him. And she runs to tell everyone else who were praying that Peter had arrived. They don't even believe her. They think she's nuts. And when they hear finally that Peter is outside the door, they couldn't believe it. It's kind of funny. These folks are full of faith. They've seen miracles. They've heard even of tales of Peter escaping from prison before. And here they are praying for Peter together. And when God finally answers their prayer and does what they ask him to do and frees Peter and he comes to their very door, they don't believe it. They just can't wrap their minds around it. They finally let him in. And he tells them what happened. And then we're told that Peter went somewhere else. There's a price on his head now. He's a marked man. And from now on, we're going to hear about a new person giving hands-on leadership to the Jerusalem church. James, the very brother of Jesus. Now, I love this little amusing story about the servant girl hearing Peter's voice, <laughs> but forgetting to open the door. And I take comfort in the followers of Jesus 
not believing that God had actually answered their prayer. I can relate to that. I can relate to both of those things. I mean, have you ever been surprised by an answered prayer? And you think, whoa, I guess God was really listening after all. Those times when God answers a prayer and you didn't expect it, which is odd because why pray in the first place, but such is humanity. Those times build trust and faith. And they also reveal the deep-seated doubts that many of us may wrestle with. Sometimes we hear these stories in the Bible and assume everyone's full of unwavering, undoubting faith. You know, and we can imagine people as full of trust and lacking fear whatsoever. But here's a story about regular people praying to God and God showing up in a powerful way to answer that prayer. Certainly, they wanted God to free Peter, and they even prayed for that. But it was unexpected that he actually would do it. They were surprised by it. Here's a story that I think could describe my prayer life and maybe yours as well. We may find ourselves often between faith and fear, between determination and doubt, between hope and hopelessness. But the invitation in the middle of all these different competing motives and beliefs and thoughts, the invitation regardless is to pray to go to our Heavenly Father and ask. God doesn't close his ears to us because we wonder if he's going to really do it. He desires to connect with us in prayer and to respond. And so, have you given up praying to God because you're unsure he's even there? Have you become discouraged and put a stop to praying because you can't seem to see any hope? Have you wondered if you should even pray because in your heart you wonder if God will really do it? Today, I want to encourage you to begin to pray again. To ask God to surprise you with a knock at the door of your life, with an answer. To ask God to show himself to you. To ask God to reveal that he does hear you, that he loves you. Because when God's people pray, God acts. You and I are invited to again, with all our warped motives and borderline hopelessness, to humbly reach out to God and ask him to move. And so what or who are you being invited to pray for today? And so now let's close in prayer. God, thank you for the honesty of this story. Thank you for real people seeking you in a real way and you really showing up. And thank you for revealing just how broken and full of doubt these folks are because we can see ourselves in that. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for desiring to meet with us in prayer. And so now, God, invite us to pray. Reveal to us what or who you would have us pray for. And God, show yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day.